I don't think we're at the point where we're using too many stories. I think we're at the point where we're using the word story incorrectly. So a lot of people are talking about storytelling and, and stories, but they're not actually sharing any stories. I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to Engage With Story. My dad built the big banana and the gateway bridge here in Brisbane. Yep, he built that too. There's a large suburban shopping center, a massive gas pipeline project, and a couple of mines that he built too. Dad's retired now. Oh, and he's not a builder. See, he used to be an estimator and a contracts guy, but in his various roles throughout his career, he was one part of many that contributed to some major projects around our hometown. You see, ever since I was a little kid, Every time we'd drive over the Gateway Bridge or past the Big Banana, Dad would gleefully turn to us kids and say, see this bridge? I built that. And so on and so on. Insert proud Dad declaration here. It wasn't after too much of this that us kids would tend to roll our eyes and say, yes, Dad, we know. But his pride in doing his bit just stayed strong. And it was that little personal connection that he had to these various civil projects around town that made him feel more deeply connected to each one. To him, it wasn't just a bridge, it was his bridge. And funnily enough, you probably won't be surprised to learn that now I can't help but think of him every time I drove over the Gateway Bridge or past the Big Banana. Thanks to Dad's stories, I've become more personally connected to these projects as well. See, the thing is we're all human and humans crave stories to connect with life and shared experience. We get this, we understand this when it comes to personal relationships, but when it comes to telling stories for work, I feel that we can all use a bit of a hand. So my guest today is on a mission to change the way we communicate in business and is considered a global thought leader on authentic leadership and business storytelling. She's worked with thousands of high profile leaders from around the world, helping them to become better leaders and communicators using the art of business storytelling. She's a highly sought after international keynote speaker, and she also works directly with some of Australia's top 50 ASX companies, including National Australia Bank, Australia Post, Telstra, and ANZ as well as multinational companies such as Accenture, Bupa, Ericsson, and the Red Cross. See, I recently read her new book entitled Stories for Work, The Essential Guide to Business Storytelling. And after devouring it over one weekend, I just knew I had to have her on the show. She is Gabriel Dolan, and I'm stoked to bring this interview with her to you today. See, we're gonna dive into the importance of using personal stories in a work context. And importantly, how to even figure out what stories to tell in the first place. Gabriel unpacks for us the four types of business stories that you'll need to have up your sleeve. And we work through what she believes are the areas of business storytelling that most people really struggle with. 
So you're going to love this episode. Grab yourself a notebook, take some notes. And without further ado, let's get into the chat with business storytelling guru, Gabriel Dolan. Gabriel Dolan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. So it's really good to have you on. I've actually um, been following what you've been doing for a little while now since I picked up a copy of your book, Stories for Work, towards the end of last year. And uh, as I mentioned to you in, and before we jumped on the call here, I read through the book in, in one weekend. It was uh, you know, really engaging and a, and a really great insight into storytelling strategies that people can use in a business context. And that mm-hmm. is exactly why I wanted to get you on the show today. So thanks for joining me. Excellent. It's a pleasure to be here. So I gave you a bit of an introduction um, before we jumped on the call here, but I'd love for people to know a little bit more about, about your story. So can mm-hmm. you tell us what, what led to your passion for storytelling and the work you do with businesses today? Yeah, look, I um, my career, I was a senior leader at the National Australia Bank. So I had people leadership roles, but also change management roles. And you know, when you're doing that, you're always trying to find different ways to communicate and get your message across. And I remember, um, you know, if I could share a story about the power of story, I remember I worked with this woman called Merrin and she shared with a, a random story with me once about flying, you know, a flight into Dublin. And as she was getting the safety instruction, she wasn't really listening. She wasn't paying attention. And then due to really bad weather, they had to uh, abort the landing and um, they tried three attempts to land. And on the final attempt, the captain said, you know, we'll, we'll make one final attempt, but we'll go through the safety instructions one more time. And with that, Merrin said, people were asking questions and, you know, fully engaged with it all. Mm. And um, a few months later, we had to roll out a major change. And I asked Merrin, um, what, what's the one message you want to get across? And she said, I know what they'll be thinking. They might not think this information is relevant, but they need to be paying attention because it's going to impact them. It's going to impact them personally. So I suggested to Merrin to use that story and, um, you know, her initial reactions, what's that got to do with anything? But she did use the story and it was the first time I actually sat back and observed the power of someone sharing a personal story to get a business message across and the impact it had not only immediately on the people in the room, but, you know, three months, six months, 12 months later, people were still referring to the story. So um, it was sort of from that moment I realized the power of personal stories and then, and then just started to notice that the really great presenters were doing that, the really inspiring leaders were sharing personal stories. So that's when I became uh, convinced of its power. Yeah, and I guess I would recognise there's some real reluctance often to, or confusion perhaps around using personal stories in a business context. Um, You know, do you do you come up against that? Do you find that people really don't understand how that fits and also are unsure what aspects of their personal life, you know, can be relevant in a business context? Yeah, it, there's, there's a couple of things. There's less and less I come up against the reluctance, but it's certainly there. I mean, 14 years ago when I started this, there was a lot of reluctance to use personal stories in business. But now the whole um, theme of authentic leadership and bringing more of yourself to work, there's less reluctance, but there still is, it's, it's still there. And a lot of the time people just haven't even thought of doing that. So they haven't even realized to think of a personal story. And then the other, um, I guess reluctance is that they don't think their personal stories are important enough that they're just, you know, day-to-day stories, but I convinced them that they're the most powerful ones you can use. Yeah. And you talked about the, the, 
the power of story to get people to sit up and pay attention, whether it be, you know, as a plane's trying to come in for an emergency landing or, yeah. or you know, when change needs to be uh, talked about in, in the workforce. But what is it about that story as a method of communication that you think makes it so damn effective at, at communicating yeah. to people? Yeah, look, I think when you use a personal story and, you know, and a well-told one and a relevant one, people actually have a, they understand what you're trying to get across. So they understand your message better, but most importantly, they remember it and they can retell it. So when you're sharing a personal story, it engages people on a, you know, on an emotional level at some point, which means um, they have greater connection to it, that you're more relatable and they actually remember the story. And so if your story is attached to your main business message you're trying to get across, by default, they remember the, the business message. But it really is it, um, you know, in we, we, when we talk in business, um, using a personal story can really get cut through an engagement. Yeah, and in your book, you actually um, talk about the the science behind story and and why that actually works more on a on a brain science level as mm. well. Can can I ask you to just you know expand on that a little bit further for our listeners who maybe haven't considered that aspect of storytelling? Yeah, look, listen, um, literally the science is uh, with the brain. It's about how as humans we process emotion faster than logic. So a lot of us think, you know, we're all logical, but we're actually emotional creatures. So the brain processes emotion quicker. Um, anyone in sales will will tell you, you know, that people buy on emotion and then justify on logic, but it's also the brain stores emotion in the long-term part of the brain. So that's why we remember anything that can tap into us, you know, on an emotional level, we remember that more than any logic will, will do. Yeah, I always talk about the idea of getting people to buy in before you ask them to buy from you because it's all about getting that emotional connection first and that's exactly where where story has such power as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like that um, famous quote, you know, it, people will forget what you've said and forget what you do but they'll never forget how you made them feel because it's emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good one. Look, I, I think story particularly at the moment in in marketing and in social media and in digital marketing these days as well, it's, it's potentially somewhat overused, dare I say a bit of a buzzword perhaps when it comes mm. to a business context. But, you know, I also think that when it is used, sometimes it's used quite vaguely in a business context. You know, I potentially people are almost paying lip service to the idea of using more story. So there's a real lack of focus, I feel. But how do you recommend or how do you help people understand the types of stories they should be telling in their business to be effective in communicating what they want to communicate? Yeah. Look, there's probably two two bits I want to address with with that question or statement is and that is um it, it storytelling is a bit of a buzzword going at the, going on at the moment in in business but I've, i don't think we're at the point where we're using too many stories i think we're at the point where we're using the word story incorrectly so yeah. a lot of people are talking about storytelling and and stories but they're not actually sharing any stories so a common thing i see is the trend on websites for the about us page to be um, renamed our story and nine times out of 10, I get in and have a look and there's no story there. They've just called it a story. So I think there's a lot of, um, it's probably what you said, paying lip service to the concept of using stories, but not actually 
doing it properly. Um, part of my role I do is go in and train leaders on how to actually do it properly and how they can find the right amount of stories and the right stories for their business message. So I think that in, you're referring to the four types in the book, which are triumph, tragedy, tension, and transition. And it's thinking about those moments in your life, both from a work perspective, but also a personal perspective where, um, you know, you can draw personal stories out of that. And that, and that could be things that have gone well, things that have gone wrong, just, you know, the, the transitions you've made in your personal life or working career um, really lend themselves to some really valuable stories. Yeah. And you're referring there to what you describe in your book as a, as a story wheel, which outlines mm-hmm. the four types of stories that that business that can be used in a business context. And I'd love to dive a bit deeper into this with you now, if we can. And, and you listed them out there as, as triumph, tragedy, transition, and tension. Would you mind if we go a little bit deeper into each of those? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so triumph, I guess, is thinking about the good things that have happened to you in your life and career and whether they've, you know, happened to you personally or you've been part of a team, but it's not necessarily about winning. So triumph could could be, you know, some people could share stories about, you know, how they coached their kids' basketball team and they never won a game, but they, that everyone had fun and everyone improved and they consider that a triumph story. So it's not thinking about the, you know, the biggest triumphs you've had in your life. It's, uh, I guess, the things that you're proud of. Mm. So, and one of, one of the things with using personal stories, it's, it's not about, you know, it's not trying to find the big climb Mount Everest stories. A lot of people that do my training say, I don't have any stories. I'm just normal, but it's those normal stories that are actually the really powerful ones. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say, uh, we'll go through, we'll continue to go through these four story types as well, but I just want to jump in and, and for my own benefit really is that, would you recommend that people actually kind of write this down, maybe even have a piece of paper or document with triumph, tragedy, transition and tension in there and, you know, list out potential stories under that. Would you go that far? Yeah, look, you can. It's not... It's not to say that you have to have an equal amount in each of those um, categories, but I do uh, recommend that you go through one one of the uh, processes that's really helpful if you just get a blank piece of paper and you write down everything that you can remember that's happened to you in your life. And that's, and you know, you just, you can just start pulling the day-to-day ones in there and then asking yourself, well, would this potentially be a triumph story or a tension story? And you can do that for your personal story, um, personal life, but also your work experience. So think of all the jobs you've had and, you know, what, was there a, is there a good transition story in that? Did you go from one job to another job and what were the reasons behind that and why, why did you make the change? So it, it is a good idea to list all your potential stories you could use and then, you know, just, just try to have a variety because you certainly don't want, you don't want to have all your stories to be triumph stories um, and then you certainly don't want all your stories to be tragedy stories. So it's good to have a variety. Yeah, good advice. The uh, we're jumping around a little bit there, yeah, much like my brain works. But um, we've talked about triumph stories. Um, can we do, can we go into tragedy? What's what do you mean by tragedy stories? Yeah, tragedy stories are again so almost the opposite of triumph. It's when things have gone wrong for you, but again, not necessarily you know real 
um, tragic events in your life, but it, perhaps it's just a regret. Perhaps, perhaps you did something to someone that, you know, you regret and you talk about why you regret it. Um, perhaps you caused um, discomfort or to someone else and, and you could talk about that. Or it could be, in fact, when something has gone wrong in your life and how, how you've coped with that and the process you went through. Because a lot of these stories, when you share them, demonstrate the values that you have. Mm. So, yeah, so that's that's the tragedy, not necessarily tragic events, but, but like I said, it could just be a regret. Okay, and tension? Yeah, tension is when you've had tension, you know, in your values. So you could be working for a company that there's a clash between the company values and your values and what you've done with that. It could also be a tension, you know, with loyalty. So, you know, having to make the decision to, you know, miss miss your kid's birthday party or, you know, go to this important work function. So again, what you've you've done for that and and tension around obligation so a lot of the time we we you know we're going through life and we have different obligations and how we deal with those tensions again can demonstrate the real values that you have if you're in a leadership role it can certainly um, demonstrate your leadership behaviors as well awesome and the final one in your four story types is transition yeah. Again, this is this is probably more again whether it's a forced transition. So perhaps you've made redundant, uh, for example, and again how you've dealt with that. Uh, a chosen. So whether it's something you chose. So again, either leaving jobs or you could have um, moving countries or, you know, becoming a parent. So all these transitions and then other times when you've instigated that you've really um, taken control of it. So again, just looking at all the transitions in your life, both in a personal and professional one and thinking about the learnings that you've taken from each of those. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, I guess, is that when you kind of break down your potential stories that you could use in a business context and categorize them according to these four story types, you then need to decide in any given situation based on what you want to achieve or or the goal for the story, um, you know, aligning the type of story that you choose with the purpose of the storytelling is that yeah is that right? absolutely one of the main things is to be really effective using stories in business is to be really clear on the purpose of the story as in be really clear on what message you want to get across then you then you find the most appropriate story that can demonstrate that and again having a combination of um you know those four types we talked about but also having a combination between work-related stories and personal related stories can be really effective yeah, I think we've probably all been in a situation where someone's given a speech and maybe it's in a work context or maybe it's in a at a wedding, for example, where someone's telling a story and they get to the end of the story and you go, oh, what, what was, was that about that? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it yeah. made us laugh. It may be engaged just for a bit, but what was the point of that? Yeah. So obviously that's not going to be effective, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the common mistakes I see when people share stories in business because, you know, there's things to say, let's start sharing stories in business, but then they they sort of tell stories without being really clear on the message. And the the effect is people walk away going, what was that all about? Yeah. So let's go a bit deeper into some of the things that people that you see tend to do wrong. Where are people really struggling, do you think, in using story effectively in business? 
Yeah, look, so based on what I just said then, I think one of the um, where they really struggle is they're just not clear on the message. So a lot of times when I work with um, leaders, I go, you know, don't worry about the story. Just tell me what message you want to get across. And they can't be, they're not, they can't articulate it. So they're not clear with it or, or they're trying to get too many messages across into, in their story. So the moment you try to put too many messages into the story or lose its effectiveness. So that's, that's one, um, I guess, mistake I see people make. The other, the other one is that they go on too long. So, you know, with there's just no discipline to their storytelling. So their stories are going for three, four, five, eight, ten minutes long when a story sharing in business should only go for perhaps one to two minutes at the most. Hmm. And then the other, the other probably most common mistakes I see is people finish their story and they're really directive at the end. So um, people, people should come to their own conclusion when you share their story. And if it's done, if you've prepared for it, you'll, you'll get that across. But a lot of the time people share a story and then end it with something along the lines of, so the moral of the story is you need to start and it just becomes really directive. And um, once you become directive at, in your stories, you will lose its impact. It's about respecting the audience, isn't it? About letting them come to their own conclusions. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, Ben. And I think using stories is one of the most respectful ways to communicate to your people. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let's get really tactical here. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if someone, we've obviously convinced them because, you know, we're amazing at convincing people the power of story right here, but uh, um, if they know that they now need to be using story, but let's, um, let's break down some of your, let's say your top three tips for how people can actually start implementing story into their business. Mm -hmm. Can you share some tips for us? Yeah, look, I would say um, be really clear on your message. So be able to articulate, you know, the reason you're sharing your stories. Like, you know, I want them to understand the importance of innovation or we need to get across why risk management is important. So be really, really clear on your message. And then I would say instead of instead of having a default story of a business-related example, so say if it's a story around risk management, the default is to come up with um, a story related to business about, you know, people that haven't managed risk properly or have. But I would say that um, the real the real tip is get personal. So say, well, what does risk management feel like outside of work? Where do I manage risk outside of work? And then come up with a personal story to demonstrate that because the personal story will be more powerful. Yeah. And probably the final thing is be prepared to show vulnerability. So the, some of the most powerful stories are when you're talking about when you didn't have all the answers or when you, you've you done something wrong and what you learned from that. But um, too often leaders in business, because they have this position of authority, that they're not prepared to show vulnerability. But it's, um, it's one of the most powerful things leaders can do is show vulnerability. And you can easily do that through a personal story. Yeah, that's awesome. So getting really clear on your message and allowing your stories to be personal, but also showing that vulnerability yeah. um, is the way to go. Mm. When you think about storytelling today, Gabriel, there's obviously so many different platforms. There's so many formats that a story can can be communicated in. Yep. What, what gets you excited? Like where are the story, where are you seeing stories being used really effectively? Um, and it may be an offline thing or it may be an online mm. digital thing, but you know, what, what's, what are you excited about when it comes to business storytelling 
platforms. Yeah, look, what I, what I do get excited about, and there's a growing trend, I do a lot of work going into um, organisations when they're rolling out, you know, their values and strategy and a, an approach they're more and more taking is that they're they train their leaders how to use personal stories to communicate that. So I, I think that's something that's really excited me over the last few years is companies that go, um, we've got these values and we're going to communicate what they mean, the company values, through leaders sharing personal stories about what it means to them. So that's exciting. But when you when you talk about, I, I think the face-to-face communication is always the most powerful when leaders start sharing stories in, internally and externally. But there's a lot of social media stuff happening now that lends itself to storytelling. So, you know, even CEOs coming up with their own videos where they're sharing personal stories or senior leaders um, writing their own newsletters and including personal stories in that. So just really making, um, you know, the, the, the way they communicate more authentic and moving away from just all the corporate, you know, jargon and management spiel. Yeah, and it, I'm just uh, intrigued actually as to how how you feel that people can get help with their story. I mean, obviously they can, you know, go to, go to experts like yourself um, to Mm -hmm. help them craft their story. But, you know, where do you think people can go who are struggling perhaps um, in telling stories? Like where can they go for inspiration or to learn, to learn more about this? Um, What sort of resources? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Well, you know, I'll obviously throw a plug to some of my resources. So the, the book you mentioned, um, stories for work that was published last year. That's, and it's, it's called in, you know, the essential guide to business storytelling. And I really believe that's what it is. So if you're only going to buy one book on storytelling, I would, I would check out stories for work because what it does is it takes the, re- you know, as you said, it takes the reader through the process of helping them identify their stories, how to, how to construct them. But also there's, there's like over 50 examples in there of how leaders have used stories and in what context. So, you know, for presentations or for change or to demonstrating values. So that's a great start. Um, I, look, I do have a lot of free resources on my website that people find really useful. And so one of them is um, the seven day storytelling starter kit. So literally if you um, go to the website, gabrieldolan.com and you register for that you will get a email from me once a day for seven days with a really short video just giving you I guess all the points that you need to just get started on this and to give it a try yeah that well that's awesome so we'll have links to all of that in the show notes for this episode as well but Gabrielle you're um described as being on a mission to change the way we communicate in business and obviously storytelling is a big part of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, obviously we've, we've communicated that through this, this episode today, but there's, there's another thing I just want to quickly dive into before you leave us today. You founded something called jargon free Fridays. Now what is that? (laughs) That's a bit of a fun approach to what I think is a serious business issue. And it's a serious business issue of using the default language of jargon. So Every time we use jargon, we actually disconnect and isolate people because most of the time they don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So jargon-free Fridays was a bit of a fun, fun approach to say it's really hard to give up jargon, but what if we just gave it up for one day a week and we just tried for one day a week? So there's a, there's a, I got a couple of videos made 
it up because I think if um if we use jargon in any other aspect of our life, we would, you know, call it out for how ridiculous it is. So, you know, on the website there's a video around how if jargon was used in a marriage proposal or if jargon was used in an emergency call, how ridiculous it would sound. So you can you can get onto that, you can download some stuff which and you can bring that into your business to as a team to say, let's just try to not use jargon on Fridays. Yeah, and I can vouch for those videos. They're very well done and hilarious to watch as well. So I encourage everyone listening to head on over to Jargon Free Fridays and check out the videos there, if nothing else. Um, so just to wrap up then, Gabrielle, um, is there any final words, any any last wisdom, I guess, to pass on to people who are in business and, you know, umming and ahhing about how they can use story? Yeah, look, I, my thing is just just try to learn it, get better at it, skill yourself up. It, it is a skill and it is, on one hand, you know, you're using stories seems relatively easy because it's the way we communicate in our personal lives, but doing it in business well is there's a bit of a skill to it. If there wasn't a skill, I wouldn't have a job. But I, I just also think if you're feeling, you know, that frustration of why don't they get it, why don't they understand it, it's normally probably because we've been communicating in a way that's logical and very much a reporter style and if you strategically throw in a, re- a few personal stories you just be amazed how it takes your communication to a next level excellent thanks very much gabriel that's um that's where we'll wrap up today but just uh for anyone who's interested in following you more obviously website's a great place to go but social social media where are you most active where can people find you um, most most active on LinkedIn and yeah, just LinkedIn. I mean, it's got all the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, but LinkedIn is my main one. Awesome. So Gabriel Dolan over on LinkedIn. Thanks for your time yep. today, Gabriel. It's been great having you on. All right. Thanks, Ben. Pleasure. It was so good to have Gabriel here on Engage With Story for you. So what did you think? Let me know your one big takeaway from that interview by shooting me quick email ben at engagevideomarketing.com or send me a tweet at engage underscore ben a reminder again to head on over to gabrieldolan.com and sign up there for her free seven day storytelling starter kit video series now i've already been through the seven day sequence and i can tell you these are emails you're going to want to open the links for this show as always can be found at engagevideomarketing.com slash podcast And if you'd like to up your video content marketing game, then I've got the go-to resource to get you started. As you know, video strategy and storytelling are my two big passions. And this is why I've put together the foundations course by Engage Video Marketing. My short three-part video series to help you get started the right way in developing an online video strategy for your business today. To join the course for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash foundations. And I really look forward to having you joining me. So thanks again to listening to Engage With Story. Until next week, here's one of my favorite quotes, this one from Gabriel's book itself, Stories for Work. And she says, while the art of storytelling is an ancient form, the applications of storytelling in business are only just being discovered. So listeners of Engage With Story, let's go out there and discover them. I'll see you next week.